Um, I think we passed out. We didn't have as many of these printed because it's a continuation from last week. So if you didn't get last week's notes, get tonight. We'll run a quick review of things tonight and dive right into what we didn't get to last week. We only got about halfway. Does anyone need a copy of the notes tonight? All right, Nick needs one there, and I think we're good other than that. Romans chapter number 12. We're going to read verse number 9 through verse number 21, the rest of the chapter. And so it says, Romans 12, verse number 9, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own eye, in your own conceit. Recompense to no man evil for evil, providing things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For as written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Father, I pray you'd bless the next few minutes we have here tonight. Thank you for this passage. Thank you for your love, and I thank you for your mercy, and I thank you for your grace. And we've been in this chapter now for a few weeks, and I thank you for it. I pray that you'd help us get what you have for us from it tonight. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The whole chapter, chapter number 12, covers many areas. And we looked at a couple weeks ago, thinking about ourselves and the believer. Verse number one, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, they present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. After all that the Lord has done, we should be willing to live a life as a living sacrifice to God. Verse 2 says, don't be conformed, don't let the, Michael, you're on the front row. That's weird to see. Good to see you up here. Wow, that just, you just threw me for a loop right there. That's all right. It's like the O'Donnell's on Wednesday night sitting over here, and Bridget's sitting over here this morning. What are you guys doing to me moving spots? You got to stay in your spots, unless there's people sitting in your spots, and you are very gracious this morning, Bridget. I'm very proud of you. The old Bridget would have moved them out of those seats and sat in her seat anyways, and so... If it would have been me sitting in that seat, that's what she would have done. She would have pushed me out of the chair, and it would have been all right. But, uh, yeah, so welcome to the front row, Michael. I hope you enjoy it tonight. I will try to stay back, and the splash will stay back a little bit. I will try not to splash you in the front row tonight. And so we think about the believer here in verse 2. says, and be not conformed to this world. Don't let this world push you into the mold it's trying to mold you into. And the world does. The world wants to take Christianity and say, this is how you should be. You should not be getting your advice from this world how you as a Christian should live. But there are many in this world, this, they think this is what a Christian should do, and they're trying to mold us into what they want us to be. And this book can transform you and make you into what God wants you to be. And so it says, and be not conformed to this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And our goal in life should be to test and to try and to prove that God's will is good. God's will is good. It is. It might not always seem like it, and it might be tough the way, but God's will, it is good. God's will is also, you got and you got to learn, as it says, it's perfect. It will perfect you and make you what God wants you to become. And through our lives, that's what our lives are to be, to live, to prove that God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. And we do that by being a living sacrifice and not conforming to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds and doing what God called us to do. Begins by looking at ourselves. Then we see, as we looked at two weeks ago, we saw the second thing about thinking about the brethren. And, uh, or thinking about the body. This week is the brethren. Last, last week was the brethren also, but the body. The body of Christ. We mentioned, we talked about two weeks ago, the fact that we talk about, we basically talk about two different bodies. And I'm going to mention both of them again because there are a lot of people here tonight that were not here a couple weeks ago. So I wanted it all to make sense as we go in here. And uh, there is... You think about this, there is, the Bible says that we're baptized into one body. When we get to heaven someday, the rapture takes place, there will be a universal body, a church body. There is no universal church body today. Now you've got to understand something, that as believers today, there are, there are others, they might go to other churches around us, they are our brothers and sisters in Christ if they've trusted Christ, but there are, God doesn't have, there's not a universal body today. God works through local bodies. And so here in Chino, this is a local body. There are other churches throughout our city and the cities around us. We work as local bodies today. And we partner with some and whatever the case may be. But today I'm not talking about the universal body because that's not here yet. That's coming. Today we have the local body, the local church. And we see in these verses how we are to treat the body. You know, if my eyes want to go look closer at the piano, and my hands don't want to, and my feet want to go to the keyboard over there, we got a problem. God compares his church, our local church, to a body. You know, when the body's working correctly, everything is right. But what happens is, you know, when, when your body starts to break down or you got some extra, something's not working correctly. And in the local body, we are to function as a body. And God has given each of us talents and abilities and whatever your, and you got to understand something tonight. You're, don't boast and brag about the gifts God's given you because God's graciously given you the gifts that you have. Use the gifts and the abilities and talents that God's given you for his glory. And let me just help you tonight. I'm a firm believer. God places you in the church he wants you to be in. If this is your church and you believe this is where God wants you to be, then this is where God's put you. That means God wants you to serve and to use your gifts that he's given you within the body he's placed you. That's Bible. And you say, well, this isn't my church. Then why are you here? And some might be visiting. I get that. You might be here a little bit trying to fill things out. 
trying to see what the pastor's like. I, I, I'm always like this. I don't, I'm, you know, you come to one or two services, you realize right away that pastor's got something wrong with him. Yep, I do, but that's okay, and we just keep going forward anyways as it is. But we think about the body, and we don't think too highly of ourselves, and we don't think too lowly of ourselves, because either way is pride. When you think too much of yourself, there's pride involved. When you think too little of yourself, you're still thinking of yourself either way. And we're not supposed to think about ourselves. We're supposed to think about him and doing the work that he's called us to do and using the gifts. And verse 4 there says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. And I'll just leave you with this thought, and then we'll get into where we were last week. But in order for the body, the local body of Victory Baptist Church to function the way God wants it to function, those that are a part of Victory Baptist Church need to be using their talents and abilities for God. And if you're not, you're hindering the body from doing the work that God wants the body to do. We are members one of another. You have a place in this body. You are important to this body. And we need to take what God's given us and use it for his glory. We saw last week as we started in this passage, and I'm just going to review it very quickly tonight, and we'll get into point two and three. Don't worry, we're going to finish this tonight. We're going to do it. Unless the Lord comes right now, and I get permission to come anytime he wants. He can cut out the sermon anytime he wants. But we think about our brethren, how we treat one another. And we see several things. Number one, we're just going to run through it because some of you, this is your first time you got the notes. And I think everybody needs these things and these thoughts. Number one, we see our actions towards the brethren. Our actions towards the brethren. We start with letter A. We start with our social actions. These make us a pleasure to live with. This makes it so people like to be around you. Say, well, I don't care if they like being around me. We want to be the way the Lord wants us to be. And these are things that we need. What are some of them? Let's look at them. The first one is, number one, you've got to be honest. Let love be without dissimulation. We are to love the brethren with an honest love that has no pretenses, not fake, not hypocritical, but be honest in our love for one another. It needs to be genuine like the love that Christ has for us. Number two, we need to be loving. The beginning of verse number 10 says, Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. And again, we're to love one another with a faithful devotion. And this kind of love refers to here is one which can only be found in the closest of families. And technically, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Like it or not, in Christ we're related tonight. Yep. Be honest, be loving. Letter number three, be humble. In honor, preferring myself. That's not what it says there at the end of verse number 10, does it? In honor, preferring one another. We're commanded to put others ahead of ourselves. It's amazing to me what people will do just to get their own way with things. And not just children. Adults do the same thing. And as we think about that and we look at that, God's way is that we seek our brother or sister's best in everything. But my way's better. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But you don't have to have your own way. 
all the time. If you want it your way, go to Burger King. Right, Gary? Yeah, Burger King. Number four, be diligent. Verse 11 says, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. That phrase there, not slothful in business, we're commanded, as we look here, this is in our dealings with others, not to be um, slow or lazy. And Paul is speaking of our duty as a business associate. This has a command that transcends, it says we're supposed to be diligent in what we do for the Lord. That's why the Bible says in other places, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. And uh, there's other verses that talk about whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men. And I try to teach children in the Christian school and my own kids the effort they put in with their homework, the effort they put in to a job that they're told to do. Do it as if you're doing it for God because you are. Give it your very best. Hey, you serve around the church. Do it your very best. And your best might not be as great as someone else, but you give God your very best. And we see that here in this passage. And as we look at this, and we look at this thing, this word carries the idea of not being slothful in business. This word carries the idea of someone being hard to deal with. Don't be the person who's hard to deal with. You don't need to be that person. There are plenty of other people who are that way. Don't be that way. Be diligent. Number five, be helpful. Verse 13, this is all review from last week. And some of you are like, this is good stuff. I don't remember this. Yeah, you were sleeping last week. It's okay. It's amazing what you get on the front row, huh, compared to being back further. You're wide awake tonight. And so verse 13 says, I need to be nice to you, Michael. I appreciate your guitar playing and all the work you do, but I will give you a little bit of a hard time every once in a while. Distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. The idea here is that we're supposed to enter into the burdens of our fellow believers. We are to help them as their needs arise, as their needs arise, distributing to the necessity of saints. We're supposed to be burden bearers. What does Galatians 6 tell us? Bear one another's burdens? And what do we do? And so fulfill the law of Christ. Hey, when's the last time you helped a fellow brother or sister in the Lord that was struggling? When's the last time you came alongside and buried their, and, uh, bared their burdens with them? Isn't that what Barnabas did with Paul and several others? He was known as the encourager. That's what we're supposed to do, distributing to the necessity of saints. Next, number six, we see we need to be open, given to hospitality. Instead of building walls between us and others, we're to reach out as true friends do. The idea is being available to God's family. I don't even know if I want to talk about this one again. If you remember earlier this week, remember I talked about being hospitable. And what was it? It was Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. I had like three different people at different times. They needed something. And it was like, I just preached on this. You know that it would come up now. And what did I do? I took my evening and I did those things. We need to be hospitable. Oh, but they're, they're taking my time. Did you ever hear Jesus say that in any of his dealings with people? And they did. They interrupted any rest time he tried to have. And yet he was still hospitable. 
protect your family. You need your family time and things, and you got to make sure you do that. But you got to understand something. You can make that all work. You can take care and be there for your family, take care of your wife, do what you're supposed to do in your home, and still be there for God's people and be hospitable. I think you would agree with that statement. Next, be kind. Verse 14. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Treat others the way they treat you. No, 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 no. That's not it. That's how we live. Yeah, write that one down. That's a good one. Treat others. Pastor Brian said it. Treat others. No, treat others the way you want to be treated. We have a hard time with that. We want to be forgiven. It's hard for us to forgive people. Someone's mean to us, we want to be mean back to them. The Bible way is to be kind. Now, someone starts beating you up, and you just start saying kind words to them, you might want to stand up for yourself a little bit, okay? That's just a little bit there, okay? You can still bless them and clock them. I don't, no, you're not supposed to do that. And uh, pastors aren't supposed to be strikers either. The Bible talks about that. But you got to understand something. Regardless of whatever someone may throw your way, our reaction should always be kindness. Isn't that what Jesus did? I think that's how Jesus lived his life. Let us never get to the place where we enter a mud-slinging contest with a fellow believer, or any person for that matter. The command here is to be pleasant and kind to others, no matter and regardless of what they do to you. Be kind. Number eight, be compassionate. Verse 15, rejoice with them that do rejoice. And weep with them that weep. And since we're all members of the same body, we should have compassion for our fellow believer. Because when they hurt, we should hurt. When they're rejoicing, we should be rejoicing with them. That's what the Bible's talking about right there. Instead of being jealous when someone else gets blessed, let's be excited with them about what God is doing in their life. Instead of being indifferent and when the time of crisis comes in your fellow brother or sister's life, be there for them and have compassion. Weep with them that weep and rejoice with those that do rejoice. We saw as we talk about our actions towards the brother and we saw letter A, our social actions. That's what makes us a pleasure to live with. But letter B, we see our spiritual actions. The spiritual actions are what equip us to do the social actions we just went through. you got to understand something tonight. If you're not spiritual and taking care of the spiritual things, you're not going to be good to those that are bad to you. If you're not be taking care of the spiritual actions, you're not going to be to hospitality. You're going to be selfish. If you are not taking care of the spiritual actions, these are very important in our lives, and we got to take care of these things. Some of the things that we see, the end of verse number 9, it says, says, let love be without dissimulation. Right there in the middle it says, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. The first spiritual action I see is to be holy. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. In our personal walk before the Lord, we are to hate evil. And be glued. The word cleave. Remember how a man leaves his father and cleaves to his wife? 
That word is used again right here, and it means to we're to hate evil and we're to be glued to the, that which is right. We need to be careful how we conduct ourselves. The Lord's desires that his people would be a separate, holy people. That's what 1 Peter 1.16 is all about. Be holy, for I am holy. First spiritual action is be holy. Number two, be excited. Verse 11, not slothful in business. Look at that next phrase. Fervent in spirit. The word fervent means to be boiling and bubbling. It carries the idea of the bubbling sound water makes when it boils. We are to be excited about the work of God that we get to be a part of. And when we are in a relationship with the Lord and having our focus on Him and living for Him, there's excitement in our heart that He allows us to serve Him. The problem is when we don't get our time with God, we get our eyes off of how wonderful he is. We start thinking how wonderful or how lucky God is to have us. And God's not lucky to have any of us. We are very blessed by him. But you see, when you spend time with him, you'll be excited about what you get to do for him. Hey, it's a blessing to be able to go to church tonight. It is. It's a blessing that you were able to partake of the Lord's Supper this morning. It's a blessing that you get to be, and we didn't get through the end of our notes this morning, but you, each and every one of us, are ministers of the new covenant. Did you know that? We're ministers of it. And we're to take the new covenant and give it to the lost. We get to be a part of that. That's something to be excited about tonight, the work of God. This world's looking for something that's real. Let the Christian determine in his, halt, in his heart to never be dull, but to be excited about the things of God. God's house should be more exciting than any football game that ever takes place. Especially if you're a Cowboys fan. We'll just leave that one there. But be excited. Number three, be faithful. The Bible says there at the end of verse number 11, fervent in spirit, look at the rest of it, serving the Lord. The word serving means to be put in the position of a servant and to act accordingly. I love Paul out of all the titles he could have given himself and when he wrote his letters to everyone. You know what he mentions every single time? Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. There is nothing like being his servant. We were bought with a price. And because of that price that he bought us with, we are to glorify God in our body and our spirits which belong to him. When the Lord looks at our lives, he should see us being faithfully serving him for all that he's done for us. Number four, we're moving right on through. And this is still all review. We haven't even gotten to the new stuff. This is still review. But a lot of you weren't here last week. So if you would have been here, we could have gone on to new stuff. But since you weren't, I know you need it. And I know you probably didn't go back and watch it because I checked those and I see how many views those sermons get. And they don't get, they, last week's didn't get very many. Number four, be happy. Be happy. The beginning of verse number 12, rejoice in hope. You see that right there? The believer should be the happiest person on the face of the planet. Your smile should be the biggest smile on the job. Why? Because of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. You are saved. You're forgiven. You're headed to heaven. You can be happy tonight. 
You can tell your face to smile a little bit. It's okay. God's house, you know, we talk about Disneyland being the happiest place on earth. God's house should be the happiest place on earth. You don't have to fight the Disneyland traffic, praise God. You don't have to pay those prices. Tell you, if we had to pay those prices every time we came in, we wouldn't have been short last month on the budget, but no one would have came in. But anyways, be happy. Put a smile on your face. Where God brought us from to where he's taking us and all that he's doing, you can smile and be happy in the Lord, rejoicing in hope, the Bible says. Number five, be hopeful. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. The idea here is that when things are going bad, we are to be steadfast under the pressures of life. We're not to allow the pressures and the tribulations of life to get us off the Lord and to get our focus off of Him. And pressures come. They do. I know in this room there are many going through lots of different things right now. But God does promise that he'll work all things together for good. Pastor, do you really believe that? I do. I do believe it. Say, well, how can this situation in my life be turned into good? Do you love God? Are you called according to his purpose? I think you'll be okay. You might not see it. It might take a while. But God knows what he's doing and you can trust him. Be hopeful. God knows what's best. And then number six, before we get on to new stuff tonight, be prayerful. The end of verse number 12 says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. The idea here is that the saint of God is to be involved in a prayer life that is vibrant and consistent. Instant in prayer. Prayer is the lifeline of the believer. And too often, it's supposed to, let me put it this way, prayer is supposed to be the lifeline of the believer. But prayer is one of the most neglected things the Lord's given to us that we neglect. And we never forget that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much, the scripture says. We see number one, and in review we saw our actions towards the brethren. Number two, we see our attitude towards the brethren our attitude when we think about our attitude we see first of all letter a that we are to walk as a family it says be of the same mind one toward another the basic admonition here is the same as mentioned earlier we are to operate as a family with each member feeling the hurts and the and the afflictions of another we're never to allow ourselves to become disconnected from the Christian family God's placed us in. It says there, be of the same mind one toward another. It's one of the bad things that COVID has done. There are many people who have disconnected themselves from church. You need to be connected to a church. You need to be a part of a church and not connected through a video camera but around other Christians. It's a vital part of the Christian life. We're to walk as a family, 
And this is a plea here, be of the same mind one toward another. It's a plea for humility. It's a plea for unity. A plea for compassion with the members of God's family. Let her be, not only do we walk as a family, but we're to walk in fellowship. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things. Walk in fellowship. None in this family of faith should feel that they are better than anyone else. You, we are all cut from the same cloth, saved by the same blood, and headed to the same heaven. We stand together as one, working for the glory of God. That's what First Peter, you have, or Philippians 1.27, do you have that verse for me? Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. There is no one in this room that has the right to think they're better than anyone. <coughs> Scripture says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. You see, as we talk about our attitude towards the brethren, we need to walk as a family, we need to walk in fellowship, let her see, we need to walk in forgiveness. The beginning of verse 17 says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. According to Jesus, there will be times when we become offended by the words and the deeds of others. When they do, we are not to respond by seeking to get even with the offended party. Instead, we are commanded to practice what Jesus practiced and to learn to forgive and be kind one to another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We're to walk in forgiveness. We're to walk next in faithfulness. Providing things honest in the sight of all men. We are called to be faithful in the sight of all men by living a life that brings honor and glory to God. The life we, th we live should be a life of beauty to those that see it. Nothing is more God-honoring than a faithful life and a life that provides things honest in the sight of all men. We see our actions. We see, number two, our attitudes. And thirdly and lastly tonight, we see our affections towards the brethren. Our affections towards the brethren. Letter A, be peaceful. Verse 18, if it be possible, you're like, Pastor, it's just not possible. It's just not possible. Does the Holy Spirit of God live inside of you? Does he? Does he? So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering. Ooh, there's quite a few we could go through right there, huh? We're commanded to see that there is peace in the family of God. And you notice as you look at this verse that God says that each person, as much as lieth in you, each person is involved in this one right here. You are to go the extra mile without demanding the same of your brother. 
You are to offer an apology first without waiting for them to reconcile things with you. You are to take the lead in seeing that there's peace and harmony in God's family. You're like, but they don't deserve it. You didn't deserve it from the Lord either. I didn't deserve it. So learn to be a peacemaker. That's what we need today in Christianity. That's what we need in churches. We need people who will just lose their rights and say, I want to be a peacemaker. I want to do what God's called me to do, and I'm going to live peaceably with everybody. They might not deserve it, and they might have ticked me off a few minutes ago, but I'm going to be peaceful with them. That's what we need today. We are to lead in seeing there is peace and harmony in God's family. And the idea is that if everybody does their part to live peaceably with one another, you can have unity and peace within the body that God's placed you in. Be peaceful, number, letter B, be patient. Dearly beloved, verse 19, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place under wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. The command's pretty easy to see right here. We are not to take action into our own hands. And now you say, well, I'm just doing the Lord's work. The Lord doesn't need your help, okay? He doesn't need you to help out in this one. Go witness to someone. You can go help the Lord that way. But you don't need to get, I'll get even, I'll do the Lord's, you don't need to. But they deserve something that, don't, it's not, who made you a judge? Who made you a judge of anybody? None of us are judges. Jesus is the judge. And I am a firm believer you reap what you sow. Doesn't the Bible say that? God will take care of problems. You don't need to try and take care of them for God. He can take care of them. When we've been offended and our brother refuses to make it right, leave it to God to take care of it. It's not your place to get revenge. It's not your place to extract or, or get extra or whatever you can out of it. It's our place to love them and to leave it in God's hands. The Lord saw everything that happened, and God always sets the record straight. Let her see. Be positive. Since the Lord was dealing with fault, we are to take the lead in being a friend to our enemies. The Lord would have each of us to reach out to them in love and humility. If they rebuff us, if there's something between them and us, whatever the case may be, we need to do our part to do what's right. You know, God doesn't look at you and, oh, so-and-so treated you like that. Then do whatever you want to, to them. You don't have to be nice. You can just, you can be the meanest person in all the world because I saw how they treated you. You've got to understand something. God's not going to judge you based on how they treated you. God will look at you on how you respond to how you've been treated. It's very important to remember. If your enemy's hungry, feed them. If, you're hungry, if your enemy needs something to drink, give them something to drink. Say, well, yeah, I'll do that because I'm going to heap coals of fire on their head. You're missing the whole point. And if you're doing it to get that response, you totally are not doing what you're supposed to do. And we can go further with that, but we'll probably stop there. It's basically godliness in action. That is Christ living in us for his glory. There's also something against which your enemy cannot compete. 
It's amazing. You be nice to an enemy, they're not going to keep being so mean. You might actually make a friend out of it. You never know. Letter D, be pleasant. Do not over be overcome of evil. And don't take evil and overcome it with more evil. You know what we need more of today? seems like even Christians, we have this problem. There's evil all around us, and we try to overcome evil by even more evil and wicked things. We need good. Don't overcome evil with bad things. Overcome evil with good.